Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Are Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, we're home. We are, Father John, and it we're feels actually good. Not. We're actually not. Well, hey, sh- we are. We're, we're recording this a bit <laughs> early in our uh new offices, but we are uh, together with uh, some of our team at the Good News Conference this week with Bishop Barron and the good folks at Corporate Travel, and we're very excited to be there yes, and we are. Uh, thrilled to share this word, right? You, you, we, we just, this is actually take two of the podcast because you said, we've been home for a couple of weeks, and I said, no, no we, we actually have. just got home Sunday and night. And I had to ask you where we were, <laughs> and Father uh, John had to remind me that we were in Miami. So... And it, it, it drives home the point, like like this is the life of a missionary. I don't know about all of you yeah. when you're out on mission or you're traveling for for your work or your career, but sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I wonder like where I am, like like what city am I in, what day? I think we're on the road what day like 120 is it? days a year, so go, oh. it's easy to happen. So you say, I'm not at home. Oh, that's right. Oh, it's Wednesday. Oh, we're giving a talk today, right? <laughs> so, so given all that. Oh my gosh. What's our topic? Yeah. So today's conversation, Father John, is around unpacking the rest of the quote. Oh, all right. A little teaser there. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do ask uh, as we prepare to enter into the month of November, uh, this month, which in a particular way is uh, dedicated to looking at the lives of the saints, our heroic brothers and sisters who have run the race and fought the fight, persevered, who are already home, not just watching us, but cheering us on, uh, but also a time to contemplate our own death as well as our own life, that you would help us to live well, and most especially that you would help us to live attractively, help us to live as men and women who are firmly rooted in faith, who exude hope, and who speak and think and act with charity. We just ask your anointing on our conversation and especially that you would speak to those right now who are most struggling with anxiety and fear and replace that with unshakable hope. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. So, you know, oftentimes, um, I think it it seems like anyway, I'm the one who's coming up with uh, the topic. Not always, but often. But this this is your inspiration. Why don't you share with us where, where this topic comes from? Yeah, so um, we were uh, having Mass in our new chapel, our St. Joan of Arc Chapel, in our new offices. And uh, what we typically do before we have Mass is we uh, collect Mass intentions. And so we have a Mass intention journal, and I write everyone's intentions in in, in this book. And I was so taken, uh, Father John, by the weightiness of these intentions. And in Mm. a particular way, this is very personal for me because... Uh, one of my dearest friends that I've known for um, uh, over 30 years called me a couple nights back and just said um, uh, that she had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And um, so, of course, that was one of the intentions that I shared with y'all and we put in our journal. And so, you know, we've got friends who are struggling with terminal illness. We've got uh, friends who are battling serious crises in their marriage. Uh, we have premature babies born with serious issues. Uh, we have parents. Just prayed with a couple who, who 
who's uh, concerned about the, the child that they're carrying. Who's That's exactly right. And it had a number of miscarriages prior to, and so there, there there's a weightiness to that. Um, we're walking with parents who are navigating really serious issues with teens, um, the, the, the mental health crisis uh, that our young people, not just our young people, many of us uh, are facing. It's just so heavy. And then if you just take a glance at the news and you you hear what's continuing to happen to our brothers and sisters uh, in Ukraine and the election that we're facing around wh- whether it's, you know, the national election, you know, the national midterm elections or what we're what we've spoken about before on proposal con- three around proposal mm-hmm. three. And it goes on and on and on. And in that particular morning, I just felt like. And I had reached out to a set of friends and I said, all of these intentions, we are laying on the altar. And although we laid them on the altar, I just felt like this heaviness within me. Mm. And so to the right of our altar is this beautiful, beautiful image of St. Joan of Arc. And I was thinking about that, her quote, like, I am not afraid. God is with me. I was born for this. And so we say all the time, you were born for this. We were born for this. But I actually prayed with Am I really not afraid? Right. So that's the unpacking. So the rest of the quote is, I'm not afraid. God is with me. I was born for this. And that's what you want to unpack. Yes. So I would just love to have a conversation around what does it, what does it mean from a human perspective? Because we have emotions. We experience all range of motion. Our emotions are a gift. What does it mean not to be afraid? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Okay, see you later. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, you often make the the observation, which has been noted by so many people, right, that the most common command in all the Bible is do not be afraid. And I think I, I often joke back and forth when you and I are doing things publicly uh, together in the same same presentations that you find that to be very comforting. I find it to be very disturbing. Um, you find it to be very comforting because that's what God says the most. I find it to be very disturbing because somehow that's what God has to say the most, which means there's so many opportunities in our life to be afraid. So what, what does it mean uh, when Joan says that I'm not afraid? And, and it's funny, you know, as I was thinking about this uh, episode, I was mindful of you know, Joan's becoming very popular right now. She's showing up everywhere, which I think is fantastic. Uh, it's like she's she's a saint who is intervening in this time, making herself known. Sometimes people are, are distorting her and using her in ways that she didn't intend, but I, I just find it fascinating and providential that she's uh, showing up as often as she is. But oftentimes the quote's reduced to, I'm not afraid I was born for this. Well, that's not the quote. The quote is, I'm not afraid. God is with me. I was born for this. This is not some arrogant claim like, hey, I was born for this and I'm not afraid. Uh, the reason is because of the, that middle clause, if you will. So what it does not mean is don't have the emotion of fear. That would not be possible. So, so that's where I think, you know, that the key distinction needs to be made because we are human. We do have fear. So what's that boundary, right. Father John, right. where, where we acknowledge that we're having this experience of fear and all that comes with that, that beca- because there's a host of other emotions that come with that. Sure. How do we, how do we keep from being overwhelmed, stepping over that boundary yeah. where, where all of a sudden we're controlled by the fear? Yeah. So uh, emotions are emotions. They're neither good nor bad. They're just emotions. You know, um, the question is, what do we do with them? So 
you know, like courage, for example, the, the courageous man or the courageous woman is not someone who does not feel fear. Uh, that wouldn't be actually courageous. It's, and it's not human. <laughs> yeah, but it, it also would mean that you, that's not exhibiting courage. Courage is in the face of fear. You're not getting overwhelmed by it. You're not succumbing to it. You don't give into it, meaning you still do the thing you should do. So how is that possible? Well, it's only possible because of the next part of the quote, because God is with me. In other words, it's only possible by knowing who God is. So, you know, I was praying this morning, uh, thinking about this episode and the passage that I felt like the Lord put on my heart was that little line in Psalm 46, where the Lord just says, be still and know that I am God. So I was just praying with that and then just looking at the Hebrew. And so it's, it's interesting. So when the Lord says, be still, one of the ways you can translate that is relax. Breathe. Would you just relax? Mm. Like, do you know me? You don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I can do. Just relax. So it's not just be quiet. It's relax. And then that, uh, the, the Hebrew there, yada, to know it, it. So this, this is not intellectual knowledge. This is extremely intimate relational knowledge. This is the word that's used in Genesis when it says Adam knew Eve and she had Cain. <laughs> that's the knowledge here, right? Um, this deep, deep heart knowledge. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very personal, it's a relational knowledge. In yeah. other words, Joan's not afraid because she, not only is God with her, she, she knows, knows who, who God is. is. I love that. And so that's the question I think to us today. Like, do I really know who he is? We're, we're going to share something uh, later this morning, actually, at this conference, a, a word that we feel like the Lord has given to us. And um, I think we're calling it the beauty of hope, but it's, uh, it's, it's really something more like riding, riding out, out the, the storm. storm. And I, I don't want to share all of that, but maybe just let's reflect for a moment on this passage, which I know you love so much. And then I'll, I'll, I'll share something about this scripture in Matthew eight, and then let you just speak more deeply into that as well. Cause I know the Lord's been speaking to you on this, but Matthew eight in verse 23 to 27, this is the, the story of the disciples in the boat with Jesus on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm. So do everything you can right now. Like wherever you are, just stop. If you're driving, don't, don't stop. But um, take time to pray with this passage. And as people like Ignatius and Teresa of Avila would tell us, like use your senses and get into this scene. Because this is one of those passages where we hear it read at Mass, and I don't think the way we hear it read at Mass is actually how it happened. So it says this, When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. The word is more like an earthquake. So that the boat was being swamped by the waves, or more literally drowned by the waves. So picture this, you're, on the, you're in the... You're in the middle of a, of a lake, which is a huge lake. The Sea of Galilee is known for violent storms that come out of nowhere. And, and an, a seismic event starts to happen. These are men who live on the lake. They're fishermen. At least some of them are, right? So it's not, it's not like me in a dinghy out in a boat. These guys do this for a living. And this is a massive, colossal storm. And Jesus is in the back of the boat, and he's sleeping. And they went and they woke him. And this is how it's often read at Mass. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? <laughs> like, that's not how this happened, right? First of all, 
Try having a conversation with somebody in the middle of a boat in a storm at sea. Like, how loud do you think you'd have to be talking? You would have to be yelling to be heard, right? Right. Imagine 50 mile an hour winds and waves hitting you in the face and, you know, the, the sound of the oars hitting the water and sails and whatever, right? And in Greek, it's three words. When we, we translate it as save us, Lord, we're perishing. It's literally Lord, save, lost. It's like SOS. And again, these are men who live on the sea. They think they're going to die. And Jesus, in the middle of the storm not after he's calmed the storm, in the middle of the storm, says to them, and says to us right now, those of us who are in the middle of the storm, our friend who's dealing with cancer, our friend who's carrying a child that they're concerned about, our friends who have uh, grandchildren who are in the hospital right now who are fighting for their lives, um, the people of Ukraine, um, whatever situation, those of you who are struggling in your marriages, whatever storm's going on right now in your life, Jesus says to you, from the middle of the storm, why are you afraid? And so I picture, as I pray with this, I picture, you know, John sitting next to Jesus, because he's always next to Jesus, waking him up going, Lord, save, lost. And Peter's way up in the front of the boat, and he can't hear what Jesus says back, you know. And he's, John, you know, Peter yells back at John, what did he say? And John yells back, he wants to know why we're afraid. <laughs> and Peter says, you've got to be kidding me. But that's exactly what he's saying right now. Why are you afraid? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? That's the question. Joan knows who he is. That's why even though the emotion of fear is present, she doesn't give in to it. That's extraordinary. I'm not sure I know God like that. But you know, the interesting thing is we learn who God is in these crisis moments, in the storms. Well, you did, didn't you? That I, I, but I, but I, think, I think that's how God mediates himself in the storms. I mean, there's an intensity to his presence when we're in the storms. And, and sometimes we can only see that in hindsight, perhaps, and we get glimpses of that through the storm. And so just as you're unpacking that, Father, and you, you've shared this on multiple occasions and multiple places over the last you know 26 years, it's not the first time that I've heard you say that, but for whatever reason, it's, 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 um, it it's, has a fresh sound to it. I think because of this word that uh, you're going to be giving uh, today um, here in Phoenix. But um, ju so just as I hear you talking about this passage, just that, again, I just want to reiterate that invitation to take the word of God, right, and to pray with it, with this, with this image, this sound, the, 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 the nature of the conversation, because I think it can radically change um, what our experience is right now in the storm. And can I just share something else, Father John, is um, as we were putting everything together for the conference uh, here in Phoenix, um, we're content creators, so we, so we build all kinds of things, right? And mm. um, we, we, what we were looking for as we were trying to give an image around this whole conversation was just the raging water. Yeah. So we have an image storm. of a violent storm um, on the sea, in an ocean, that this massive body of water, and it's dark. 
And then when we were in Miami, we took a picture one night outside um, Our Lady of Florida Conference Center where we were. It was at night against the backdrop of a very cloudy sky. Remember, it had been raining Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. that day. And from the back of the crucifix, it was as if the corpus on the cross was illumined Mm -hmm. by the light of the moon. And it was just so glorious. And so we took a picture and I think we kind of moved it into black and white. And we made this decision to create this image that people could pray with was to take that image of the crucifix that we found in Florida and insert it into this raging sea. And that's, that is mighty. That's a mighty image to pray with just to see the cross of Jesus Christ firmly planted in our present circumstances. And so that's that's one of the things that I've been praying with since we started to create this content for yeah, the Yeah, and as you've conference. noted a couple of times about this image, which we'll put in the show notes, um, we've situated such that Jesus is, his back is to us and he's facing the storm. the storm. You know, like Jesus takes on the storm single-handedly. He, he, Jesus goes into battle single-handedly against hell. Jesus goes into battle for me single-handedly against death, Mm -hmm. against sin, against Satan. And in whatever circumstance, you know, people are fighting with right now, or you or I are fighting with right now, the Lord is there. You know, I was praying this morning, I was struck, um, the, the Psalm prayer in the liturgy of the hours for Wednesday week two for afternoon prayer or mid morning prayer says this, this is an amazing prayer. Lord Jesus, you were rejected by your people, betrayed, by the kiss of a friend and deserted by your disciples. Talk about being utterly alone. Huh? Give us the confidence that you had in the father and our salvation will be assured. In, in other words, that the, the gist of that prayer, which is so apropos for what we're talking about right now and so timely for some of us is not just like, okay, Jesus, help me to be inspired by your example. No, no, no. Give us the confidence that you had in the father. We're asking you to, to impart this to us right now that because the, the spirit of Jesus lives in us by baptism. So Lord, give us that which you already have. You know, we talk about being conformed to Jesus. Well, part of being conformed to Jesus is having this confidence in the father with whatever the storm in your life is right now. Hmm? I love that, Father John. I, I think that prayer, coupled with this image, is just um, provides some practical uh, takeaways. One of the things that um, uh, uh, pr- practical takeaways in order to pray with a set of things. What what I have been doing since um, we built this image of the sea and and planting the cross facing out towards the towards the raging storm. In my mind, I have visited all of the people that I'm currently walking with mm. right now in life. And in my mind, as I pray, I take that image of the crucifix that we saw from behind, which is just such a stunning image. Mm. It's, it's just a new way of seeing the cross. And in my mind's eye, as I'm praying for various people, I'm taking that cross. And so my girlfriend who was just diagnosed, I'm taking that cross and I'm planting it in her front yard. Mm. And Jesus is facing the storm that's happening Mm. in my beautiful friend's home. 
I'm placing that cross to other friends that I'm walking with who are walking through a set of things, and I'm placing that cross in their home, in their kitchen, as I see them having conversations, as I visit people in the hospital on my knees, because remember, on our knees, we can go anywhere in prayer. And so on my knees, I have an image of this crucifix, and I'm planning it in NICU. As these young parents are praying for and putting their confidence in God and the nurses and all the medical care that their little one one day is going to be able to go home. And so maybe that's just a practical thing. Uh, Father John, and I was also praying earlier this morning um, with St. Paul. And he's another one of our heroes uh, in Acts 29. And, and, and Paul firmly believed that nothing happened to him in his life that was outside um, God's will, his permissive will. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul Not necessarily knew, his active will, but at least his permissive will. His permissive will, right? Will, yep, right? And so, right. so Paul knew that. Yep. And he knew in his heart of hearts, like God had a plan for his life and that it was not an accident. I was praying uh, this morning about him just being in chains, in jail. It was no accident that he was in jail because he was so confident that God had a plan for his life and in every circumstance that he found him in. And so like Paul- I'm thinking of a priest friend of mine in jail right now who's unjustly accused. Oh, Father. Who's sharing with that. You know, and and so, you know, take that cross, that image of the cross and bring it to yeah. your priest friend and planted in front of his cell, yeah. you know, just in prayer. And, and so we, we may not know what tomorrow holds. We, 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 we may not know what's going to happen after the midterms. We may not know what's going to happen in Ukraine and Russia. We may not know what the future holds, but we do know, blessed be God, the one who holds the future back to Joan's line because God is with me. And so when we enter the stormy seasons of our lives, uh, when we feel like we've simply just like had enough and we're so washed out, we just feel like we don't have the capacity to press on, like, like our resources are depleted. We don't have enough. We just lay claim to the promise, right? That God is enough yep. and that he is with us. I love that. You know, as we close here, maybe just an encouragement. There isn't anybody who's listening right now who's not uh, either personally seriously in a storm or walking with somebody else who is in a storm. And I might just encourage us all to to really call upon the intercession of Joan and to call upon the intercession of St. Paul um, for, for this specific intention. I want to know Jesus. Help me. I mean, you know, Paul says in Philippians, you know, all I want is to know Christ. Not to know about, not, not like Paul's not looking for data. You know, that. A lot of us have a lot of data about Jesus. That's not the problem. Some of us might need some more, but we don't need more information. We, we need the experiential, relational, intimate knowledge of who the Lord is. We, we need to hear Jesus from the middle of the boat, in the middle of a storm, look at us with this kind of, I call it this annoying smile, just saying to us, why are you afraid right now? Again, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done for you? Don't you know that I have no rival? Don't you know that I am God? Therefore, be still, just relax, chill out, and know that I'm God. And ask me to help you to know me more. All these things, brothers and sisters, that we're talking about, these are realities. This is truth. 
because it is, because Jesus is there with you in the middle of the storm. Do not be afraid. He is with you. And you were born for this. 